how y'all doing today? You're going to have to sing and worship really loud, right? All right, everybody stand up. Let me hear you. Oh, no, that doesn't do it. Give it to me. All right, that's a little bit better because we're going to sing about never stopping the singing. I think that we all need like a little theme song in our heart so that when we pull that out in those tough times that we just sing anyway, right? And that's what we're going to do here this morning. I hope that you've come this morning. Worship is all about kind of preparing your heart and allowing it to be opened so that the Holy Spirit and the Word of God can sink in there, right? Isn't that exciting? Because every single one of us have opportunity to hear from God today. So let's sing. Here we go. Let's worship. Put your hands together.
I'm never going to stop the singing. Go ahead, just do it. <laughs> Give them an elbow bump. Yeah, that way we won't transmit all of our germs, right? All right, take it away, Peyton. Well, I love this next song that we're going to do um, because I think it really captures the character of God. Um, and I think that it just reminds me that in any season of life, however we're feeling, whatever circumstance we're facing, um, whatever storm we might be in the middle of or just coming out of, that we have a Father that loves us and that comes after us with a love that is so relentless and a heart for us that is so after us. And He wants nothing but for us to feel the love that He has for us. And so during this next song, let's just take a few moments to just open our hearts and see what the Lord wants to do in this place. Um, and let's just invite his presence in here. Let's not think about what we're gonna get for lunch later or think about the to-do list we might have to check off today, but let's really just press into his presence this morning and let's see what he has to um, show to us this morning.
days that I'm glad that God doesn't give up on me and he chases me down and loves me no matter what and I just love the fact that his grace chased me down one day and gave me and showed me his love and I was able to give my life to him and uh, so today let's just be thankful for God's grace that he never gives up on us he who began a good work in us will bring it to completion upon the day of Christ Jesus and so let's just hold on to that today and thank God father thank you Lord for this day Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be here today with your people. And God, we thank you that you're here with us. Father, I just pray your blessings upon those that are uh, worshiping with us online. And God, I pray that you would fill uh, their hearts uh, with your presence, Lord. And God, I pray that you would just do a new work in us today, Father. We just pray, God, that you would uh, just pour out your spirit of love and grace on Rich today as he brings the message. I pray your anointing on him, Lord. I pray that each of us today will leave with a new perspective on who you are and how much you care about us. And Father, we just pray that today would be a life changer. Father, we just thank you for all uh, our teens and our, uh, our students and our children today and pray blessings on our volunteers. And Father, we just thank you that you're here with us. and We give you all the praise and all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, it's days like today that I'm really, really thankful, more thankful than usual for all those that gave to Rebuild. You know, because you gave to Rebuild, it's cool in here today. And uh, wow, I was thinking a couple years ago, the air conditioners were hit and miss. And today they're working really nice. And so we're thankful for that on days like this. Don't be, be sure to check in on Facebook today and let people know it's a cool place to be uh, here today. Also, if you're a first-time guest, we welcome you here today, and we just appreciate you coming. And uh, there's a gift for you out in the foyer in the lobby. You can stop in there at the table as you leave and pick up your guests. The Guatemala mission trip is uh, fast approaching, and if you have empty, any interest at all in going, today would be a great day to finalize uh, what God is calling you to do and be a part of that trip. So if you put that on your connection card, and uh, we can figure out uh, who else is going on that trip uh, and so that we can um, make all our plans and details for that. Connection card in your program, we'd love for everyone to fill that out and place it in the buckets as they come by. And as the buckets come by, we'll also be taking our offering. And uh, we appreciate your faithfulness and giving. And um, thank you so much uh, for those who faithfully give of their tithes and offerings. Uh, I know that probably uh, you need, need no thanking because you know how God has blessed you because of your faithful giving. So thank you for that, and uh, we just pray that uh, God will continue to pour out his spirit uh, of generosity on you as uh, we continue to do uh, what God's called us to do here at Salem Fields uh, Community Church. Uh, there's announcements in the program, a little handout sheet there. Be sure to check those out and be, and be involved. God bless you. Enjoy the remainder of our time together. All right. Well, last week we started a new series called... Has anyone ever here gone fishing? <laughs> it represents a lot in our life. Last week, Buddy talked about how Jesus 
found 12 people that he could say, hey, come go fishing with me, but it's not for the ones you eat. It's for the people because I have a message for the people. And today, Pastor Rich has an incredible message on how going fishing, well, not going fishing, but how sometimes we just need to change our perspective. And here's what I've seen about this going fishing series. It kind of brings the country out in us. Anybody uh, got a little bit of country in you? A little bit. Okay, well, here we go. <laughs> We're going to take our tithes and offering at the beginning of this song.
country I don't know about y'all so I was raised on country well, I was raised on southern rock all that country stuff so definitely have an appreciation for it you guys doing good welcome to church it's so glad that you guys are here getting out of the heat you know you guys been enjoying your weekend sweating I don't know about you but I changed my shirt like three times a day over the past couple of days but hey uh this uh, Gone Fishing series, I don't know if you guys were here last weekend, but Pastor Buddy preached a fantastic message on really when you uh, go fishing with Jesus or you can really expect the unexpected. And so, uh, you know, he really talked about just answering a call that God's placed on every single one of our lives. And so I want to encourage you, uh, if you did not get a chance to hear that message or be a part of that, check it out on the podcast because it truly was awesome. So many people made decisions to follow uh, you know, Jesus and really what he's called them to. And so it was just uh, an incredible time. So uh, this morning we continue uh, that series. And I might have uh, listened to country music growing up, but I am probably the least country person that you will find. I am not outdoors at all. You know, uh, my idea of going camping or going fishing is really going in an RV that is air conditioned with satellite TV and fish that people have caught for me that I can eat. And so, uh, but that's just me. Look, I have an appreciation for everyone that does, though. I mean, I watch Duck Dynasty. I, I like those guys. They're, they're, they're awesome. But, uh, but really, my son, though, my son, on the other hand, he is four and a half. Uh, he'll be five in October. I mean, he is the most outdoors uh, kid that I have met. He loves the fish. He loves to go out and go through the woods and catch frogs and, and do all that good stuff. And so, uh, I know he went fishing for the first time a couple months back, and within the first two hours, he caught more fish than I caught in my entire life. Uh, so uh, he's awesome, but you know, fishing for me usually turns into just a whole lot of thinking because I don't catch anything. So it's pretty much just me sitting there with my thoughts with a fishing line in the water. But there's something about that. There's something about getting away and doing something that actually just clears your mind because you get out of the normal day-to-day you get out of the, the normal, you know, responding to everything in life, and, and you actually can get this fresh perspective. I mean, that's why we go out on vacation, right? We want to get away, to take a step back so that we can see things differently, because that's usually what happens. You know, we go to new places, and it just sparks something in us that, wow, I just, uh, this new mentality, this new thought process. And, and so that's kind of what we're going to talk about this morning, this whole idea that you know, life creates one perspective within us. You know, when we're actually in the thick of life, uh, we can operate, we can respond in, in ways based off of our emotions, based off of our, our, our feelings or, or kind of what is being dictated around us. And how we really need to understand that even in the midst of that, we need to have the right perspective. Because the truth is our perspective dictates our response, and that's actually the first thing that in your notes this morning, and I actually want you to 
to write that down because that's really going to set us up for this entire message and, and really going forward that, that our perspective dictates our response. It dictates how we're going to respond to things, how we're going to see things. And so it's vital that we have the right perspective because, you know, we can be in the, the thick of life. And if I'm getting frustrated uh, with my kids and then I get in the car to go to work, I'm getting frustrated with traffic. And then all of a sudden I have just set, let myself be in this frustrated state that I'm going to carry throughout my day. And it's going to then dictate how I respond to people, how I'm looking at even the work that I'm doing. And sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it. And so this morning, we're really going to uh, look at that. I actually want to look at a scripture in Matthew. If you want to throw that on the screen, if you want to pull it up on your phone, uh, your Bible app, whatever. Uh, so we're going to, to look at this scripture. Uh, it is Matthew uh, 14, verses 22 through 33. Uh, it says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for uh, this time that we have to explore it. God, I just pray that our hearts would be open to you and that you would just speak to us, Father, uh, whatever you will this morning. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me bring a little bit of context to what's happening here. Uh, Jesus and the disciples just finished a long day of ministering to thousands of people. This is actually the day where Jesus fed over 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and a couple of fish. And so the disciples just witnessed this amazing miracle take place. And I don't know about you, but if I'm the disciples and I'm a part of this and I'm a part of seeing Jesus perform this miraculous thing then I'm amped. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, did you just see what Jesus did? Like, my mind is absolutely blown. It does not make sense how, old, I mean, you guys saw the amount of bread we had and the, the fish and every single person had food and there was even some left over. Like, I would be like all the way up here just like still just consistently like thinking about it, like being in a conversation and I'm like not even listening because I'm like, man, I cannot believe Jesus just did that. Like, What? And so, but it's been a long day. You know, they've served a lot of people and, you know, they've been on the hillside, I'm sure, out in the, the heat and just, you know, we know what it's like out in the heat right now, you know what I'm saying? So, but, so Jesus says, you know what, to the disciples, go on ahead. You know, you guys go across the, the lake. And then he dismissed all the crowds like, hey, you guys, just go home. 
And then what Jesus does is he goes up to a mountainside by himself to pray. So already Jesus is modeling for us the value of taking a step back, you know, to, to rest, to, to just get, collect your thoughts. But I love that he took a step back not to just, uh, you know, binge watch Netflix or anything like that. What he's saying is he took a step back so that he could spend time with God because that is the source of true refreshing, of, of true uh, peace and perspective. And so he withdrew to pray. Well, as the disciples are sent along, they get out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and all of a sudden, this storm hits, and it's a pretty good storm. I mean, there's wind, and there's waves, and, you know, on the Sea of Galilee, these storms take place, and so they can be pretty uh, intense, and so they're caught in this storm, and these are fishermen. You know, many of them are fishermen, so they've had this experience, but this storm is so intense, and they're pretty scared of it. You know, they're being tossed to and throw, and, and, and I love what it says. It says the storm started once nightfall kind of hit, but it says that Jesus doesn't go to them until just before dawn, so that means that they were in this storm for a little bit before Jesus even went out to them, and so I also want us to just grab this perspective from this story that if you find yourself in a difficult situation right now, in a difficult season, and you're really just wanting Jesus to get you out of it right in this moment, and you think, where is he? Why isn't this circumstance changing? Why isn't uh, this uh, being, am I being delivered from this? Well, understand that, you know what, if the storm is being allowed in your life, God will produce something through it. And he will come in the right time because his timing is perfect. So don't lose heart. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing and having faith in him because he will come and he will answer you. He will speak to you even when it feels like he's not. So here, Jesus does come down from the mountain, and he starts to walk on water to them. Now, they're in the midst of this storm, and all of a sudden, they look through the, crap, they look through the clouds and the waves and the rain and the, and the wind, and they're like, they see this figure walking to it, and they start to freak out. Like, what the heck is that? Now, again, these are fishermen. They've never seen anything like this, and they're just blown away. Like, what is happening? Of course, they think it's a ghost, and I I mean, what would each of us think if we're on this boat? We're seeing this figure walking towards us. But as it gets closer, Jesus calls out, says, do not fear, it is I. And so, again, they're just coming off of uh, spending time with you, this miracle. And I think that Peter in this moment is feeling just a little bold. He's feeling a little, man, like, I'm sure it's still very much fresh in his mind of, man, Jesus just performed a miracle. He's walking on water. And maybe I can do this too. Jesus, if it is you, let me walk out to you. So Jesus says, okay, come. And so Peter gets out of the boat, and he starts to walk on the water. And so this is where I want to, to park for a little bit and kind of look at. So the fisherman Peter had spent enough time with Jesus, and he had seen enough miracles that his perspective on what was possible began to change. Like I said, they had just witnessed this amazing miracle. And so, and we couple that with the fact that, that Peter had been walking with Jesus for some time, that he believed in this moment that the impossible was possible with Jesus. You see, our perspectives on life, what we see on a daily basis is all formed by our experiences, by our logic, uh, and physical matters such as emotions and our intellect and so on. But what we have to understand here is that a different perspective is happening. One that flips everything on its head. 
and it's a spiritual one. It's one that is heavenly minded and not earthly minded. It's a perspective that comes from Jesus and Jesus alone, and it helps us to see our circumstances clearly, our day-to-day differently. And it leads to a greater peace, a greater joy, and a greater understanding. But notice I didn't say that it changes our circumstances. Can it? Absolutely. But I said that it changes the way we see our circumstances. Therefore, it changes the way that we respond to them as well. That's what having a different perspective is about, and that's what we're going to explore this morning. Because Jesus hasn't changed the storm when Peter steps outside the boat. The storm is still happening. But what he has done is he's changed Peter's perspective in the midst of it to believe that what is impossible is possible. See, when Peter sets his eyes on Jesus and he has faith in Jesus, his perspective of the storm changes. He no longer sees the danger it poses. He no longer sees the consequences of stepping out of the boat. He sees Jesus in the midst of it, enabling Peter to navigate waters on stable ground. Now, the other disciples in the boat, they're still caught in seeing the circumstance. They're still focused on the storm and what's taking place and, and just so tossed to and fro. But I believe that the, based on Peter's personality, he's a little more brash, but I really believe it's because Peter started to learn the nature of Jesus. I'm, I believe that he's playing in his mind what has just taken place. He's playing in his mind the miracles that have happened even before this. But I think we all fight the battle of getting caught up in what's happening around us that we just respond to it. You know, we just let what is happening dictate our perspective of it. And in the midst of whatever life looks like for us, we either respond in the flesh or we respond in the spirit. When we respond in the flesh, it's, it's like Russian roulette. Sometimes it might work out, sometimes it might not. But when we respond in the spirit, we can always know that no matter the circumstance, the situation, or the outcome, it will produce something good in us. It will produce something greater in us, even if we can't see what that greater is. So what do I mean? See, some of us are looking at our lives with a narrow focus. You know, I'm guilty of this. For, for example, uh, if I get into an argument with my wife, you know, in that argument, I'm wanting her to change something. Or I'm wanting her to hear me and, and hear my perspective and hear uh, where I've been wronged. And so I can just be in the flesh. And then that's when anger comes. That's when pride comes. That's when selfishness comes. But if I take a step back and I try to look at it through the eyes of Jesus, then I'm trying to see, okay, God, how have I contributed to this conflict? Or how, how is how I'm responding right now? going to impact my kids or is this bringing unity between me and my wife or is this bringing division uh, and as I begin to seek Jesus I begin to have a perspective of humility of of surrender and, and that has a lot better effect than if I'm just responding with the perspective of it's about me and my wants and my needs and my emotions we have to have this heavenly perspective or how about this? We get so focused on the problems of our country, you know, we, we start to say, you know, it, it, everything that's wrong is because of this group of people, or it's because of this group of people, or if, or if these people would just change, or if these people would just do that. That's a, that's a fleshly uh, response. 
Because then we get on social media and we say, hey, these are all the things that are wrong. And, and you know what? We just bash this without realizing that that is painting a picture as a Christian to a world that desperately needs to see love and grace and mercy of Jesus. But all they're seeing is anger and division and judgment. But if I take a step back and I say, I humble myself and I try to put on a godly perspective, a heavenly perspective, a spiritual perspective, I'm insane. How can I make a difference? How can, how can I show the love of God and the grace of God right now? How can I change the, the conversation? God, how can I bring you honor and glory in this? Because this is going to affect generations. If somebody is seeing me respond as your follower, contrary to who you are, that is going to be their picture of you. And I want them to have the right picture of you. That's why it's so important that we have the right perspective in everything we do and in every situation. Let me kind of demonstrate it this way. Let's pretend that down here, this is our normal every day. This is our normal day-to-day. Our getting up, our, our, you know, our home life, you know, our, our marriages, our relationships, our, our parenting, our, our jobs. When I'm down here, this is all I can see when I'm in it. This is my perspective over everything. And it's so, hard, it's so easy to get caught up in just responding to what's happening down here. Everything is dictating uh, how I'm, I'm viewing and how I'm responding and how I'm walking out my life. And it can be chaotic. I could find myself just getting so caught up and so full of emotion and so full of just responding off of everyone else that I can lose sight of what matters, of, of how I should be responding to the perspective that I should have. But how do I get out of this? How do I get out of the normal day-to-day? Well, it really is about choosing to come to Jesus. This is really about, okay, that's what I'm in. Let me turn my back to that. Let me take a step back and let me come to Jesus. Let me come to him. Let me try to get his perspective. Because even just in that decision alone, my perspective is no longer on what I'm facing. All of a sudden, I have decided to turn my perspective to Jesus, and that is our starting point. That is the place that we need to go in order to gain the right one. So once we turn to Jesus and we come to him, uh, then we're able to align and position ourselves for him to speak, for him to show us the way forward. You know, Peter's perspective changed from fear of the storm when he was down in that to stepping out into it. And it was directly attached to one thing and one thing only. He fixed his eyes on Jesus. And he knew that with Jesus, anything and everything was possible and beneficial. But Peter came to that understanding because of the relationship that he had with Jesus. He had cultivated that. He had experienced that. Peter knew that Jesus could do anything. Because he had witnessed Jesus do just that. So we need to ask ourselves, how big is God to us? See, if we think God is able, then we'll believe him for the impossible. But if we think that that God is within the limits of our logic and our understanding, then that's where he'll remain. Because we've placed limits on a limitless God within our own lives. See, if I've made God just a segment of my life then I, can, I can't expect him to show up in all the other areas that I've walled off. See, is your God only big enough to be in the boat with you because you can rationalize that? 
Or is he big enough to be out in the water walking on it and do the illogical? But how do we cultivate this perspective? How do we develop a faith that believes for the impossible, that sees life differently and responds to life differently? Well, it really comes down to some simple things. And as we call them spiritual disciplines. And on the surface, they seem really simple, but it's ones that, that I think we don't cultivate enough. And the first one is prayer and fasting. Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray continuously. See, prayer and fasting focuses our minds and our hearts on Jesus. A new perspective requires a new mind, a new way of thinking. When we pray, we are conversing with God, trading him our thoughts and our outlooks and our struggles in exchange for his peace and his wisdom and his guidance. See, if we want Jesus to become more real to us, if we want our faith to grow deeper in him, then it's going to require us actually spending the time with him. See, if I want a stronger marriage, then it's going to require me and my wife spending time together, conversing, communicating, speaking, and listening. If I want a better relationship with my kids, it's going to be spending time with them, cultivating that, talking to them, listening. If I want better relationships with my coworkers, it's the same thing. It, it's all across life, and it's no different with Jesus. We can't expect to hear from God if we aren't willing to have conversations with him. And it requires us to listen and talk. But the battle here is that oftentimes I think that we go into conversations with God with our minds already made up about what we want to, to do or, or what we want to see. But our prayer becomes a pointless exercise also because I feel like we feel like we won't hear him anyways. Or we don't know how to hear from him. But here's the deal. We won't learn to hear from God if we don't talk or listen to him. And if we don't talk to him and step out in what we think he might be saying, then we won't know if it's God or not. Sometimes it actually just requires us to take a step of faith, to get out of the boat in order to learn the discernment of God. See, we all wrestle between, I think God's saying this, or I think this is what God wants, or I think uh, this is what uh, he wants me to do. But so often I feel like we just stay in the boat because it's safer, it's more comfortable, and because it requires, again, to step in. I think God's saying this, so I need to step out in faith and believe that. Believing that, okay, even if I falter, he's going to teach me his voice in the midst of that. It's what we know. It's what these fishermen knew. It's what their experience was. But prayer gets our eyes outside of the boat. It changes our perspective from what is to what could be. It helps us learn the voice of Jesus so that we can begin responding in right perspective. And fasting is the same way. Now, fasting takes our free will, uh, our, our, our desires, and it brings it in line with that of God. 
See, Adam and Eve, they were tempted with food. And so their free will led them to making the decision to eat of what God said not to and sin under the world. So when we fast, we are essentially making our, our, a choice to, our free will choice to abstain from the desires of the flesh in order to hear from God and align our will with his. So by fasting food or whatever else we fill up our lives with that distracts us and pulls us from God's will, we are choosing to put our attention on God, to fill our lives and fill ourselves with his word and his promises and his will and his presence. See, it removes distraction and it forces us to focus our entire being on him. The next one is worship. Colossians 3, 2, set your minds on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. And 2 Corinthians 3, 18, and we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Worship is beautiful. When we worship God, we invite his presence. We humble ourselves and we are able to take our focus off of everything and put it squarely on him. We set our minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are below. That's why when we come in here and we view worship as just something to get through, as just the segment before the message of, of just uh, something to not engage in, then we are doing ourselves a complete disservice because we are already choosing to stay in an earthly perspective at that moment. But when we choose to focus on God and fix our eyes on him and we worship him, then we position ourselves for God to move in our lives. Peter positioned himself to step out of the boat by calling out to God, Lord, is that you? If it is you, let me step out. See, by doing that and by putting our focus off of the storm and, and off of uh, the disciples and off of the boat and squarely on Jesus, Peter was able to be a part of the miracle, and it's the same for us. When we come into worship and we put our minds off of the things that we've carried in, if we put our minds off of uh, the distractions around us and we put our focus squarely on Jesus, then we're able to position ourselves for God to speak, for him to call us to, forward to, to repent or to surrender or to be perfected or, or an outlook that we should have. And we're able, through worshiping him, to behold his glory, humble ourselves, and respond. We're able to position ourselves to be a part of miracles. We need a new mentality, a new perspective. And worship is vital. Next important thing is Bible reading. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We need to read our Bibles, y'all. If we want to change our perspective, then we need to know what we're changing our perspective to. See, it's about renewing your mind. 
It's about taking one mentality and saying, okay, I, I, this is the wrong one. I, I'm recognizing that. But what's the mentality that I have to change it to? And it comes through Scripture. The Scripture will show me what I'm changing it to. If we want to know God on a deeper level, then we have to know what he says. Reading Scripture helps us recognize our bad mentalities and how we should respond and handle certain situations. It shows me how I should and shouldn't see things. See, the word is living and it's breathing. It's not some history book. These words hold life and, and they hold power and they help us renew our minds to cast down destructive mentalities and bring our focus into what we need to see and what we need to think and what we need to feel based off of how God wants us to. See, I think we find ourselves responding in ways that are contrary to Scripture because we haven't fed ourselves with it. See, Romans 12 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that we may be able to discern the will of God. So in other words, my default is to respond the way that the world does. My default is allowing everything else and everyone else to dictate my perspective. But I need to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So that when the time comes for me to respond and make decisions, I will know the will of God because the will of God aligns with the words in Scripture. I renew my mind by taking captive all of my thoughts and my assumptions, my perspectives, my emotions, and I filter them through his word. It's vital and it's essential. We're to gain a new perspective. We have to know what we're changing it to, and that is scripture. But the next thing is we have to respond. And we have to respond in obedience. See, I renew my perspective when I respond in obedience to Jesus. See, this journey of faith is going to require things of me. If someone is selling you a faith that doesn't require sacrifice and surrender and obedience, then they aren't selling you the real deal. Faith isn't about changing our circumstances. It's not about changing the storm. It's about changing us in the midst of it. God will use our circumstances to do just that. But you see, we, we, we just want God to fix our circumstances, even if it means settling for the same mentalities, the same merry-go-round results. You know, how many of us are still having the same arguments with someone for the past 10 years because neither one of us is willing to have a different perspective? Or how many of us are angry with God because our prayers weren't answered in the way that we thought they should have been answered? Because we still have a, a perspective that's based on our desires, that's based on our will and our wants, instead of putting on the perspective that says, God, your ways are higher than mine, and I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to believe that somehow you're going to make all this work together for good. See, Isaiah 55, 8, 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, I cannot see my life solely through the lens of logic. Because the very essence of faith is believing in a God that does the illogical, that is full of mystery. See, if God fit perfectly into our logic, we would have, there would be no need for him. Who wants to serve a God that can do something that you can do? See, I, I want to serve a God that is bigger 
than my logic, that can do things that I could never do or imagine or think possible. I want him to defy my logic, and he does, because his ways are higher than our ways. See, he sees things. We see things in the moment. We see things so uh, right now, right here. But God's view spans time, spans things that we might not even see in this generation. But it all has purpose. So therefore, faith will sometimes hurt. It will sometimes sting. It, it will sometimes make us look foolish. It will require us to face bad thinking. It, it feel things that we don't want to feel. And, but it's all to renew our mind. It's all to renew us so that life is no longer about the physical. But we can see things spiritually as well. See, when we get a right perspective, sometimes we're going to have to say, I'm sorry. Sometimes we're going to have to let things go or take things up. Sometimes we're going to have to ask for help. You know, we see things that are right, and we, we might not always like what we see because it might make us see some not good things about ourselves, but we'll see clear. And when our eyes are fixed on Jesus, we'll be able to step out, and we'll be able to walk into life stable and unmoved. So we've talked about what life looks like down here. This is the every day. This is, this is what I see. This is what I'm in. This is the thick of things. And in order to, to get out of this perspective, out of this mentality, I have to turn to Jesus. And I have to cultivate uh, these, these spiritual disciplines. I have, to, I have to spend time in prayer. I, I have to fast. I have to worship. And I have to respond in obedience. And see, when I do that, something amazing starts to happen. My my, what's happening out there, my situation, my circumstance might not change. But it might, it might look like this, like, God, I don't want to go to work again. God, I'm just so tired of this job. I'm so tired of just being in this uh, just place. I'm just so frustrated. I just don't want to be here. My, my boss gets on my nerves. My, my coworkers are just so frustrating and and I'm just tired of the commute. I'm tired of the drive. I'm just, I'm tired. And when I get home, I'm tired of not having any time. And, and therefore, just the kids exhaust me. And I just, I just feel like I'm just beat. I'm worn out. I don't know what to do. But that's that perspective. God, I, I want a new one. So Jesus, help me. Help me to have your perspective. God, I pray that. Jesus, I worship you on the car ride this morning. God, I just want to honor you. I just want to praise you, Jesus. You know what? I just want to be thankful. Thank you for this job. Thank you that I have a job to go to, you know. I know my neighbor just lost his. You know what, Jesus? This commute, this is time that I can spend with you. So God, I just pray that, that you would just be here with me, that you would just help me. You know what, Jesus, I'm sure my boss is just, I know that job has to be stressful. Man, I know he works so much too. And God, I pray for him. I pray for him today. Jesus, I pray that, that you just be with him. And you know what, God, I felt for a long time actually that you just, you told me to go over to, to my coworker at work and to just encourage him. I don't know why. And, but now I do, you know, he, he's, he's dealing with a divorce. And so, man, I'm just going to encourage him today. I'm going to respond in obedience with that. 
Jesus, if this is the job that you want me to be in, God, uh, just let me be a light in it. Let me make an impact in it, Jesus. Create opportunities for me to show your glory and your faithfulness. All of a sudden, I now have a perspective that is elevated above the noise, that helps me to see things so much clearer, so much broader, that spans not me, not just about my emotions and my feelings, but it opens my gaze to what God is doing, what he could be doing. And man, when my perspective is broader and wider like this, I don't feel so confined anymore. I don't feel like the world is closing in. I don't feel like everything is on my shoulders. And up here, I'm able to see clear. You know, maybe it looks like this. Maybe it's, I've prayed for my kids for so long. And now they're just at a point in their life, they're not even serving you, God. They're, they're making decisions that I just never thought they would make. I didn't raise them that way. And God, and now my, my health is deteriorating, and, and I just feel like the, wall, the world is just caving in on me. It's just, I'm so stressed. I don't know what to do. I'm just broken, and I just, I don't know what to do, God. God, I'm just so frustrated. I'm just so hurt. I'm so angry. I feel even angry at you. But that's that mentality, God. God, I'm just going to turn to you. And I feel right now that you aren't for me, but your word says that you are. Your word says that you are with me, that you will never leave me nor forsake me. I stand on that. I focus on that. God, I'm so full of fear and doubt, but your word says do not fear. If you are with me wherever I go, you call me to be strong and you call me to be courageous. Jesus, I feel it's so heavy. But your word says that I can bring my burdens to you. And that you will give me a yoke that is lighter, that is easy, that I can manage. And so God, I worship you. I choose to trust in you. I'm going to continue to pray for my kids. I'm going to continue to believe, God, that though this storm and these waves are tossing to and fro, that you are with me. I want to continue to press into you, Jesus. And then all of a sudden, it's off of that again. It's up here. My perspective is elevated. I have a right frame of mind. I've read the word. So when I have those feelings of doubt and those feelings of fear and those things that are contrary to what I should be believing, I'm able to stand firm when the enemy tries to get my perspective down there because down there, he can toss me to and fro with the waves. Every storm of life can take me wherever it wants me. And it can take me off the will of God. It can take me off of shining his light through me. But when I'm able to refute what he's trying to make me believe and I'm able to stand firm because I have filled myself with his word and his promises that I'm choosing to stand firm with, then I can continue to remain with this elevated perspective. It's a big deal. And we have to have the right one. But here's the deal. It's a daily choice. It's a daily practice. We can't just choose it one day and think that we've got it. See, Peter looked to Jesus he had his eyes on him. Peter stepped out in faith and made, in the midst of the circumstance and perspective, and he was fixed solely on Jesus, and he was able to do the miraculous. But here's the deal, just like us. It took one gust of wind. That's all it took. One gust of wind for him to take his eyes off of Jesus, to take his eyes off of what is possible with God, 
put it right back on the storm. Same thing with us every day. Satan's battling to get our eyes off of just, he wants to send one gust, one gust that's going to get us off of that perspective. And that's going to put us right back here, right back on everything else. But here's what I love. Peter took his eyes off and he's thinking, you know, I always view this, you know, I've heard so many people say, you know, Jesus went, why, you have little faith, Peter, like, why did you, I don't see that. I see Jesus just, Peter, Peter, why did you doubt? He puts his hand up and he lifts Peter right back out and they're in the boat and they arrive where they need to be. So even when we falter, even when we get out of perspective, Jesus is there. We have to do is turn right back to him right back to putting our gaze on him and he'll lead us through. Look, we can't go on vacation every day of our lives. Now, some of y'all that are retired can't. Congrats. But we can't. So, but, and so many times we can't even take vacations from things in our lives. So what do we do? Keep choosing to get out of the boat choosing to fix your eyes squarely on Jesus. So let me ask you, what in your life this morning do you need a new perspective towards? None of us can say nothing. I can't even tell you how many things God showed me this week that I had to face, all these wrong mentalities and perspectives that he had to deal with on me. I mean, I spent the entire week facing them and it was a long week, y'all. And then after that was done, my wife showed me 20 more, as good wives do. And then my kids got in on the fun. But the thing is, we're going to find wrong perspectives at every turn. It's then how having the patience and having the, the know-how to say, no, no, I'm getting caught up in this. Take a step back. Turn to Jesus. Seek him in the midst of it. So what is that for you? Maybe your perspectives on your relationships, your, your circumstances need to change or Maybe it's something simple like social media and how you engage on it. Maybe it's uh, your perspective on people that think differently than you, that look differently than you, that talk differently than you. Maybe it's your perspectives on your finances or your diet or the choices you justify as being okay, but you know deep down they aren't. Maybe it's the people you allow close to you. Maybe it's the things you've believed about yourself. We need to take some time today and in this week and really evaluate them take it to God in prayer try fasting food or something in your life so whatever distracts you just for 24 hours filter it through scripture worship him and respond in obedience to what he says you see my logic says hurt the people that wrong you but faith says to love them and pray for them my logic says uh, do what feels good but faith says not everything that feels good is beneficial. My logic says that, that, that I won't get there, that this will never change, but faith says all things are possible. We can trust our God. He is faithful. He will never leave us nor forsake us. See, he desires us to live life renewed and restored. He doesn't want us to just stay where we are and the boat being tossed to and fro he wants us to have the faith in his goodness and his promises that compels us to step out of the boat and rest in him.
stand to our feet. So in these moments, I want us to take some time just to worship. I want us to put into practice one of those spiritual disciplines. So I'm sure there's even something that you've been able to identify just like that, where you need a different perspective. And so take these times in worship to turn from that. Worship Jesus and allow him and his promises and his glory to just shine down on you, to just speak to your heart to show you how to look at things. You know, I picked this next worship song because it's all about saying, I'm in the midst of this and and I see things this way, but God, I know what you say. I know your promises and that's what I'm gonna stand on no matter what I face, no matter what the circumstance. Because even if my circumstance doesn't change, God, I can choose to know and trust and believe that you can do the impossible in the midst of it because you're changing me. And sometimes, you know what? God, you're the same God that you were yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I just need to focus on that. You're good. You're always good, and you always will be good. And sometimes when we just know that perspective, everything changes. So let's take this time to worship, and then I'll pray for us. Just really engage with your, let your heart just be in this. Just take some time to worship him. change 
opportunity this morning to do just that. So all you have to do is pray this prayer in your heart and believe it, confess it. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. What that means is, God, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes and I've done a lot of things that are contrary to what you would want me to do. So Jesus, I repent of those things. In other words, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, God. Forgive me. I believe that you came down from heaven. You were born the Virgin Mary. And that you lived and walked on this earth. Lived a sinless life and went to the cross for me. And that your shed blood covers my sins and washes me clean. And I believe that three days later, you rose again, declaring victory over death so that I am no longer bound for the grave, but that I now have eternal life with you. Jesus, thank you. I worship you. I make you my Savior. So with all eyes closed and no one looking around, this is again a symbol of saying, yes, I prayed that prayer. I am now a new creation in Jesus. Today is a new day. It is the start of a brand new life. With every eye closed, no one looking around, on the count of three, if you would just shoot your hand up 
as again a confession and a testament to that. One, two, three. Awesome. All over the room. Amen. Praise be Jesus. Thank you. Father, I pray for these people that make commitments and decisions this morning, Father. Jesus, empower them to walk it out. When the enemy tries to come to get them to focus on the ways, let them to know that you are there with them, that you are there to help them and walk them through it. So if you prayed that prayer this morning, when we leave here, there's a table right out there. It says, accept Christ, stop here. I really wanna encourage you, stop there. Talk to a pastor so that they can tell you your next step, so they can tell you what is next and what to do so that you can be set up to now run this race successfully. But I also, if I learned anything last week from Pastor Buddy's message as well, is that sometimes when God's working on our hearts and he's speaking to us, that we just need to also make some sort of, of movement of, of declaration. And so if God's speaking to your heart about your perspectives and your mentalities and he's changing something in you, Again, it's just a confession that God, I'm going to seek out your perspective over all these areas. This is a symbol saying, yes, I commit to that. On the count of three, just throw your hand up so that I can pray for you this morning. One, two, three. Awesome, again, all over the auditorium, God, I thank you for the people that are raising their hands that want to serve you well, God, that want to live this life fully, that want to shine your light in every situation and want to walk and live with eyes fixed on you, Jesus. Equip them, empower them, be with them. Father, just give them the boldness to keep getting out of the boat. Even if a gust blows and they fix their eyes on it and sink, God, let them immediately focus right back on you so that you lift them up and keep them walking. Jesus, we thank you for everything that has taken place here this morning. God, we give you all honor, all glory, and all praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for being here. We love each and every single one of you. We're praying for you. We hope you have a fantastic week. Invite someone here as we continue this series next weekend. Have a great week, guys.